funny, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brad Remillard, and I am uh, normally here with my partner, Barry Deutsch, but Barry is uh, traveling today, and so I'm going to be doing this solo today. Uh, just a little background, we are uh, Impact Hiring Solutions Live, and every week, Monday at 11 to noon on www.latalkradio.com. You can hear myself, Barry, or the two of us uh, talking about hiring and discussing what's important to both the hiring authority and what's important to candidates. And we tend to switch off each week. Each week. One week we'll do a, have a radio show on uh, specifically on topics around what hiring companies need to do to really have an effective, professional hiring methodology to attract, hire, and retain top talent. And that's one of the reasons most companies don't find top talent because their process is so outdated, so unstructured, that top talent actually doesn't even come close to uh, wanting to engage them. Then on the other side, every other week, and this happens to be the week, we talk about issues critical and important to the candidates or the people looking for a job, those job seekers. What do they need to do to reduce their time in search? What are some of the common errors, mistakes, issues that they're going to encounter that we can help you overcome? And the reason we can help you overcome is my partner, Barry, and I have been working in executive search for over, I've been in it now 30 years. Barry's been in it 26 years. Uh, And I Our experience, having dealt with thousands of hiring managers, thousands of candidates, we want to bring that experience to you. We consider ourselves to be the experts on hiring, probably the same as you do after you have 25, 30 years in your profession. And so we've written books on these topics. We've got two books out. You're not the person I hired for the hiring managers. This is not the position I accepted for those candidates. And every week we bring these topics to you. Uh, And you can listen to us Mondays. 11 to noon. You can also engage us if you'd like by calling 800, I'm sorry, 818-602-4929, and we'll talk to you live on the phone. So if you're listening to this later and you wish you had a question, you said, boy, I wish I could have asked, now's the time to ask. Uh, Or you can send us emails at info at impacthiringsolutions.com, info at info, I'm sorry, info at impacthiringsolutions.com. And if we can, we'll get them on the air. Can't promise that, but we'll do our best to try and get them on the air for you. Uh, if you have a question about the topic you're talking about, or, you know, really for any topic uh, on hiring. Uh, so that's the best way to, to engage us today. Today, we're going to talk about the hiring manager or the candidate perspective. Basically, there are many job seekers out there. And one of the biggest issues, I guess, is the way I I think about this, that reasons, maybe is also another word, why candidates don't get 
or aren't finding positions in today's marketplace is because of turnover on their resumes. Now, you may not like that, but that's a fact. If I'm a recruiter and I've got three people in front of me and you're one of them and I look at your resume and the last six years you've had four jobs, that's less than a, a, a year and a half per job uh, in the last six years, especially eh, three, maybe four of them have gone through. We're going through a great economy, so we can't blame the economy for that. And I've got two other people there that in the last six years have had two jobs, maybe one job with promotions within those jobs. Who do you think I'm going to call first, you or the other person? I'm going to call those other people first. Because I know that my client is going to, as soon as they see your resume, going to see, Brad, what's with all this turnover? These people can't hold a job. And I understand it's, the economy's tough, but that only happened, you know, late 2008, certainly through 2009. But let's go back to 2004, when, and every year and a half, they're having turnover. What's the matter with these people? What's wrong with them? So turnover becomes a major issue in your job search today. Now, we've done many radio shows on turnover, on transition, on managing transition, working through those issues. But one of the things we haven't talked about a lot is why this transition happens and what you can do to better manage this transition. And I believe, as a recruiter, this is probably the most important topic in our book. This is not the position I accepted. And I also believe it's the most overlooked, scanned through, yeah, I know, move on, not important to me topic in the book. And if more candidates would really internalize, reflect upon the issues we're going to talk today, their career would change. Now, I can't fix what's happened in the past, but I can help you fix the future and preventing this from happening again. You got to dig out of the hole and not dig, keep digging it deeper. And I think most candidates keep digging in the hole that they're in rather than get, getting out of it. And that's the reason why in the last six years, you've had four or five jobs. You keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and you enter into this spiral that drives transition. Rather than stepping back after that third job in three years and reflecting upon, wait a minute, what's going wrong? What's happening? Why is this continuously happening to me? We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And there is a definition for doing things over and over again and expecting a different result that we've all heard. Let me give you an example. I was talking to a candidate not too long ago, interviewing him on the phone. And I asked the candidate, why do you, you know, why have you left this job? Why have you left this job? Why have you left this job? And one of the comments on one of the jobs, he said, well, because, you know, I guess the job overwhelmed me. And I just really wasn't able to manage all the, the issues that had to get chan channeled and done in the same time. And, and when they let me go, it basically boiled down to poor time management. I just wasn't able to handle the volume of the job. 
Now, there's a lot of reason. Maybe he didn't have the experience. Maybe he just didn't have the training yet. He may have been over his head. There's a lot of good reasons why that could have happened. Understandably, the fact that he was willing to at least be honest, forthright, and say, you know what? I got in over my head, and I couldn't manage all the projects and manage the time. I was probably in over my head, and I hadn't learned and grown to be able to do that. That's part of moving from an entry-level position to a senior position to a manager to a director to a VP to a CEO or whatever it may be along that path. We learn how to deal with these issues. We learn how to delegate. We learn how to prioritize. He didn't, hadn't learned there yet. Perfect. Fine. But then I asked him the question that the whole interview imploded. That demonstrated to me he has done nothing to learn from that experience. He's going to recreate that failure again. And sure enough, he did. Because when I asked about the next job, basically the same answer came up. He didn't take the time to find out what the situation was going to be. So I asked the simple question. That's understandable. What did you do in your next interview? What kind of additional questions did you ask in your next interview to ensure That, that you wouldn't run into those same problems. Because I would think that if you ran into, if you admit that you got failed or you got laid off or fired, whatever you want to call it, let go, but you recognize that you didn't have, that it happened because you didn't have good time management. You didn't have the ability to manage all the projects. You didn't have all the skills and experience necessary to delegate or manage a large staff. Whatever those issues are, is it so far reaching to think that this person in their next job interview or in their next set of interviews, they would spend? They would spend the time probing to ensure that that situation doesn't happen again. Is that so far far is that so far fetched that I'm wrong to be expecting that? Wouldn't you expect him to have learned from that mistake and walked into the next interviewing saying, you know what? I wouldn't have to say it, but in the back of his mind thinking, you know what, I know what the problems are here. I know where my strengths and weaknesses are now. I think I should ask some questions. I think I should probe a little bit. I think I should my antenna should be up to ensure that I don't end in a end up in a situation almost identical to what I just left. A situation where I learn that if I can if I can manage the process, I can manage my time, I ask questions around time management around their expectations for projects, around budgets. I ask questions around people who have, are or have done these kind of things in the past. Just around managing that aspect, you, I would expect him or her to have asked those questions. So that is my question to him. I said to him, well, in your next set of interviews, what kind of questions are you going to ask to ensure 
you never get in that situation again. That was my question back to him. So as soon as he said to me, well, Brad, I left because of blah, 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 blah. You know, poor time management. I got fired. I didn't manage my time well. I followed up and I said, okay, fair enough. So what kind of questions did you ask in your next set of interviews to ensure that you didn't walk into the same situation again? He didn't even understand the question. He came back like a deer in the head. I said, huh? I don't understand your question. What do you mean? I had to clarify. I had to say to him, well, you know what? If, I, if you had this happened to you, it would just seem logical that you'd ask questions to make sure it doesn't happen again. Didn't even think of that. I mean, incomprehensible to me. But apparently, not to him. He just went off blindly, jumping back into the fray like a deer in the headlights. I didn't learn anything from how to interview. I didn't learn anything from my, from my negative experience. And just jumped back into the, the process. I couldn't believe it. Here's an intelligent person that doesn't learn from his mistakes. He was just so focused. I need a job. I need another job. I've got to bring in a paycheck. I've got to have a position. I've got to get one right now. doesn't matter if I get fired again from it. doesn't matter if I get in over my head again. doesn't matter if I'm unsuccessful again. doesn't matter if I have turnover on my record. And how am I going to explain that down the road? None of that mattered. How can that be? How can a person do that? He was clearly in what we call the circle of transition. The spiral, if you will, I think of it as a circle, but it's a spiral. He never got out of this hole he was digging to where he stuck his head up above ground and said, hey, at some point in time, I'm going to reach a problem. And sure enough, he did. About six months ago, it may even be more than that now, the person contacted me again to help him develop his resume. He came to me and he said, Brad, I'm having a problem with my resume. I've talked to all these resume experts on the on uh, online, and they all want X amount of dollars. I've talked to this uh, uh, 100K-plus job boards, and they want 700 bucks to put a resume together. I've dealt with resume, and, I, and we've got problems. And sure enough, he came to me, and I looked at his resume, and he had more turnover. He had another two or three jobs on that resume since then. More turnover, more problems, and he is now fighting desperately every time I talk to him. It's all about the problems he's having with his turnover, mainly because he didn't get out of the circle of transition. And my coaching to him now, desperately coaching with him now, is to try and help him stop the cycle. We can't fix what's happened in the past. That is what it is. We can talk about all the different ways to address that in the interviewing process. We can talk about all the different ways to manage that in the hiring process he's going through. And we have many radio shows on that. We've done written many articles on our blog. Just 
All that's available. You can go to our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Go up to candidates, scroll down to free resources. You'll see the blog. You'll see our audio library there. It's all free. You can just go there and look at it. We, you know, we've given him all the tools to work with that. That doesn't mean he's not going to, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy or simple, but it at least means we can begin to address it. But the real issue is going forward. How do we stop it? So he gets out of that environment, gets out of that situation, and once he lands this next job, he's going to be there for five, six, seven years, or at least have a high probability he's going to be there, or as a minimum, an absolute minimum, that if turnover occurs again in the new job, and hear me on this, if turnover again occurs in, the new, in his next job, it isn't him turning over. It may be the company turning over on him. And what I mean by that is if the comp- he can't control the company getting merged, the company getting sold, the company reducing, um, closing a facility. That's not his fault. You can't hold that against him. So at least if that happens the next year and a half, two years, three years, he can look that new employer in the mind and say, hey, I didn't do. Tur- I didn't have any turnover here. This is not something I can control. The company was sold, and they closed the facility. Uh, the company relocated out of California, as most companies are doing. So I got laid off. That's a different excuse than saying, "Well, you know, things just didn't work out. Well, I found a better opportunity. Well, you know, I com- you know, in a year and a half, I completed everything I needed done. Well, you know, my boss." It wasn't going anywhere, so I had, wasn't growing anymore. All those flimsy excuses that candidates make to try and explain turnover, and they're so flimsy that the interviewer doesn't even accept them. The interviewer looks at it and just says, hey, you know what? It's going to happen to me again, and I hear the feedback. So you know, my clients give me the feedback. Companies give me the feedback when they're working about not hiring them, turnover, and yet the very person that has a turnover – wouldn't hire themselves because of turnover. Kind of bizarre. So we have to focus on that. And, and, and it's because of this that I feel it's the most important aspect in our book. This is not the position I accepted because you wouldn't accept that position if you had been, were, in the, were not in the circle of transition. This is where you get into a situation and you're in that job for six months. You're in that job for eight months and you know right away. I shouldn't have taken this job. Or you know right away, wait a minute, this isn't the position that was described to me. This isn't the position I accepted. I, I accepted something totally different. We had this different conversation. This isn't what I signed on for. And you know that and within a few months. And you try and write it out as long as you can, but sooner or later in six months, eight months, a year, year and a half, you're out. How do you stop? The circle of transition. And why I came up with this is because when I first came up with this concept of circle of transition, which I'm going to get into, I was talking to a candidate. And I was talking to her about some of the issues on her resume. And I said, you know, you're in this circle of transition. You're going through these phases. And that's when she said to me, after I walked through the phase, she said to me, that's great, Brad, but how do I stop it? And I said, 
Let me think about that for a minute. I'm not sure I have an answer for you right away. But I do know, I do know that the first step, Kathy, her name was Kathy, in accepting it, in stopping it, is understanding it. Because once you understand where you are along this path or where you are in this circle, you can ensure that it doesn't happen again. If you don't get that first, how do you stop it? It's kind of the old saying, how do you stop an alcohol from being an alcohol? How do you stop an alcoholic from becoming from being an alcoholic if they don't think they're an alcoholic? You can't. You can't solve with any problem if the person you're working with doesn't think it's a problem. I mean, just think about that. If you don't think you have an issue, you're not going to pay any attention. You're going to move on. So you can't deal with it. Until you realize it's an issue, you can't change it. And that's what I had to do with that first candidate that I talked to that I told you came back. His name was Sean. Came back and started talking. He didn't see it as an issue at first when we first talked about it. A few years later, now he does, and we have to deal with it. Kathy didn't didn't really grasp the issues behind it, but now she did. Actually, she did it before she got in really in, heavy into the circle of transition. So she was able to eliminate it and has now been in a job three years. So let me walk through this and what happens, and let's talk about this because it's up to you to identify it, and it's up to you to recognize the issue. Now, I just got an email from Bill in, looks like, Memphis, and asked, kind of may not have heard the first part of it, but kind of said, a lot of turnover isn't my fault. My last three, my last three jobs the company eliminated my position. Okay? As I said, Bill, um, and you may not have been online at the time, a lot of times that happens, Bill, and, and I would s- suggest to you that you have to deal with that right up front in the interview and make it clear to the interviewer, to the recruiter in your cover letter that you don't have turnover. The company left you, not you leaving the company. That certain turnovers outside of your control and that if it was up to you, you'd still be in that job, but the company eliminated your position because of the tough economic times or whatever that situation is. So make sure you distinguish between the two types of turnover, a company leaving you and you leaving the company. I'm talking about the situation where you leave the company or in reality – the company let you go. They may have given you a lot of good excuses. You know, Bill, you're a great person. Love to have you. But, you know, uh, you know, we've decided to rethink the position. Maybe, maybe not. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and evaluate that. I can't do that. But the clear situation, I'm going to deal in black and white here, not so much in the gray. The clear situation, they just come to you and say, Bill, you know, we're, we've hit in rough times. And uh, we're going from six to four sales regions. You're the low man on the totem pole. And so I got to let you go. Uh, you know, you're in accounting and you're a good accounting manager. But you know what? We can't. We're going to eliminate the accounting manager positions. We're going to reallocate your, your duties and tasks to the controller and to some of the other people. And we just need to save the X amount of compensation a year. You have to distinguish that. 
or we're going to close the site. So I hope that helps, Bill. Just make sure you distinguish that and address that clearly in your interviews, in your cover letters, and when you talk to controllers. Don't hide it. Address it right up. Hey, you may it may look like turnover that on my resume because you see three jobs in the last three years. The fact is, I don't have any turnovers. These were situations beyond my control that the company actually did let reduced um, left the area. The company was sold. Address those head on. So I hope that helps, Bill. And if other you have other questions, don't hesitate to call eight one eight six zero two four nine two nine, or you can send an email at info at. Uh, ImpactHiringSolutions.com, and I'll try and get it on like I did, Bill. So let's walk through this circle of transition. Um, the circle of transition happens anytime that when you make a decision, you're going to make a job change. At some point in time, we begin the job search. Now, that may start when you're working. You may be gainfully employed. Maybe you've been there six months, eight months, and you finally say, this isn't working out. But I'm not going to leave my job till I find another job. So at that moment, the clock starts ticking. It may happen when you are told by your boss your position has been eliminated. Boom, you are in transition. Mentally, you are in transition. And maybe that's the best way to go. Mentally, when do you decide that you're in transition? I'm going to find another position. I'm going to start looking. I'm going to start um, getting my resume out, making myself available to industry. That's kind of when the clock starts ticking. And depending on your circumstances, you don't really enter the circle of transition for different points in time. If you're out of a job, you may enter that circle of transition at one month. If you're in a position where you're kind of thinking, well, I'm, I know my, my learning curve's flattened out, and I know in the next six months, eight months, I'd like to find a new position, you may not enter the circle of transition until eight months down the road. But at some point in time, you're going to step back, or you step back, and you say to yourself, my search just isn't going the way I want it to. I'm a little frustrated. I, th- I was expecting things to happen by now. I was expecting more interviews. I was expecting to be in a new job by now. I was expecting to have uh, more irons in the fire by now. Whatever that is, when that first inkling of those issues enter your mind, you just entered the circle of transition. You are now embedded in this circle. Your level of frustration, and that is step number one in the circle of transition, is frustration. That's how you can tell right away, boom, I'm in the circle of transition. I'm no longer outside of it. Where I was six months ago and I just started looking, I said to myself, I'm only going to take something if it really meets my criteria. I'm only going to take something if it really is uh, exciting and really gets me exciting. The dollars are there. It's closer to home. Uh, it's a promotion. Uh, that was one frame of mind six months ago. Maybe six months from now, you're sitting back saying, things aren't happening. I'm a little frustrated. Maybe I need to compromise. Maybe, I need, maybe I'm looking at too much here. Maybe I need to step back. Uh, maybe I will look at something 
less dollars. Maybe I will look at something. I got an hour and a half commute. Uh, you know, I just, I just need to get out of here. I, I need to accelerate this process. I don't want to be here another six months from now. I don't want to be in. I've been in transition three months already. Boy, I would thought I'd have another job by now. I don't want to be in transition three months from now. I need to accelerate this process. I call that the frustration point. You become getting frustration. That's a new data point in your search process. The first one was when you entered the when you started transition. I'm going to be, I'm in transition mentally. I'm in transition. That's step one. Then you move to step two, and you step back and you say, "Wait a second! Now I'm in this frustration mode." Now, depending on the person, the situation, that process may take different times, different points in time. It could be short. It could be long. But it could be different points in time. So um, you step back and you think, well, wait a second. I'm going to take a few minutes here and, and look at this. And I, I'm, I'm frustrated at what's going on. And that is a very difficult point in time. Let's take a call. We have a call on the line from area code 614. Uh, go ahead. Tell us your first name and where you're from. My name's Lee. I'm from um, Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Lee. What you, uh, welcome. Glad. To, thanks for the call. Uh, Thank you. What's your issue? I, what's your t- top? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I called because um, uh, I, I think I made a mistake that, that I'm having a hard time figuring out how to deal with or manage. Okay. Um, I left my job a little over a year ago. Um, and had no interest really in finding anything right away. Uh, so I really didn't look for um, probably nine or ten months. Well, let's back up a minute. Why uh, did you? Why yeah, didn't you have? Uh, let me ask you. Had um, um, an illness that, that was unplanned. I'm sorry. Say it again. I couldn't hear you. All of a sudden, you know, I've been out of work for almost a year and a half. When I interview. Um, that becomes a real issue with with prospective employers. Well, back let's How back up, that? Lee. Let's back up because I didn't hear everything you said. So I'm sorry. You had an you had an illness um, that took uh, eight to ten months. To, you said, and that's why you weren't looking for a job. Am I correct in that? No, no, no. I took eight to ten months because I didn't want to look for a job for eight to ten months. Why did you not want to look for a job for eight to ten months? Um. Multiple reasons. Um, one was, you know, I'd done pretty well in my um, jobs prior to that, and had been reasonably stable over the years. Um, so I was financially okay, and uh, my last job was a bad experience. I, I it's something I avoid in job interviews. I just say, great company. Um, I made a little money, and it was decided I, you know, time to move on. Uh, it, it was actually, I think, a toxic environment. But I never say that. Okay. So then you took eight to ten months off. Yep. And then what happened? I caught um, an illness? a virus. That a virus, okay. Created, yeah, created massive internal bleeding. 
Okay. I don't, we don't need the details, but I got it. Okay. You got right. sick. How, how long are we going to give you the details? Okay. But that, long, that knocked long? me out for another uh, four months. Okay. So you had about a year, year, year plus. And then what happened? Now you went, decided to go back and look for a job? Now I decided to go back and look for a job. Um, and I'm having a hard time overcoming that, that huge gap in the, in the work history. Okay, let me give you my let me give you a, a quick overview here of what I recommend you do. Uh, number one, you need to address the first eight to ten months head on in your interview. Head on, don't wait, don't let them um, ask about it. Don't let don't assume that it's not been addressed. Address it head on in the interview, Brad. You know, you're probably wondering why I've taken a year and a half, year and a half off, off, and let me walk you through that exactly what happened. Boom! Throw it on the table. I got nothing to hide. Secondly, you need to get a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You need to get a good story, a good uh, explanation of that first ten months that you took off. Why you took it off? What was the causing? Why did you do it? Um, I was burned out. I'd worked hard. I'd saved up enough money. I just needed t- some time to step back, reflect, and really decompress. And I decided that this was the best time in my life to do it. Had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't want to work or my energy level, my enthusiasm. I just was in a situation that was not a good situation. And I wanted to take some time off and really get re-energized before I re-entered the workplace. I felt that would be better for my future employer as well as for me because when I take on a new role, I give it 110, 150%. And at that point in time, I was burned out. I'd been working 60, 80 hours a week, traveling seven days a week, hadn't seen my family. Whatever it may be, you go on, you give them that, that information. And then, boom, lo and behold, as I'm beginning to re-enter the workforce, and I'm energized, I'm ready to go. I contracted a virus that kept me down for uh, X number of months. I'm 100% cured from that now. Uh, it's over with, and I'm ready to re-enter the market and go back into it. So okay, great. you have to address it. Now, understand, Lee, some people will not accept that. You just have to accept that. It's like anything in life. You can please some of the people all the time, all the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. And let just go with it. And some people will say, hey, Lee, I appreciate your, your honesty and forthrightness. Other people, you could tell them you were, you know, anything and they wouldn't buy into it so accept that and but address it head on okay great thank you hope that helps it does thanks a lot you're welcome call back again Will do. great thanks lee great. so so you're into this frustration zone maybe you've now been out three four weeks uh you're into this frustration zone zone and you're moving to the next moving to the next step before i go on i just want to remind everybody Today, we're, you're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live on latalkradio.com every Monday from 11 to noon. This week, we're talking about why candidates go into transition and how you can stop that vicious circle of transition. And we're going through this methodology of understanding what causes transition. And as I said at the beginning, I think this is the biggest issue candidates need to deal with and focus on, and they just blow past it. And I really believe this is why candidates end up with high turnover on their resume. 
we sp- I, I, in our book, this is not the position I accepted, which you can get online. Uh, we'll send it to you right now, basically for two weeks to read for free. If you don't like it, send it back. If you like it, keep it. But we'll send it to you for just the cost of shipping, and you can get it online at impacthiringsolutions.com. And we spend a lot of time on this circle of transition because it is, in our opinion, probably the most important part of the book and the most overlooked part of the book. Step one is you enter frustration. You become frustrated. You're in this circle now. You're frustrated. You're getting anxious. You want something to happen. Nothing's happening. So the first you start the search. For whatever reason, you've gone three months, whatever that time frame may be, nothing's happening, not happening as quick as you like, and you're getting restless. You're getting a little frustrated. You're getting a little anxious. Another three months goes by. Maybe if you're unemployed. Now you're six months unemployed. Maybe you're working, but you want to make a job change. You're not going to make a job change until you get another job. So after six months, you got anxious and frustrated and things aren't moving. Another three months go by. Now you're really frustrated. If you're unemployed, we move into now what we call desperation. Now you're becoming desperate. Maybe rightfully so. Maybe it's financial. All bets are off. Hey, if if it's financial, all bets are off. So financial changes everything. But maybe it's not financial. You're like Lee. You're just ready to get back into things. You're desperate. You want something to happen now. Not financial, but hey, I'm bored. I'm excited. I'm re-energized. I want to get going. Maybe you're working. And you think, nothing happening. This situation is getting worse and worse. God, am I ever going to get out of this situation? You become desperate. Desperation sets in. And when desperation sets in, I don't have to tell you what's going to happen. Things start changing. Compromise begins to enter the process. Now things that you would never have done six months, eight months, the first week of your in transition, those things become minimized. You know, I know I, I know. I said when I started this search six months ago, I'd never, I wanted to be within a half hour commute. Now, you know, even if it's an hour commute, it's fine. You know, I said if I didn't travel at least 50% of the time, uh, if I was traveling more than 50% of the time, I, I wouldn't do, I would not take the job. Now I will. You know, I said I wanted at least a manager title or a VP title. Now I don't need that anymore. You know, it was absolutely critical to me that uh, my compensation was X, and, and now I don't need that anymore. It was absolutely important to me that I be reporting to a vice president or to a president. I don't need that anymore. I was never going to take even an interview before if it didn't include this types of, these types of responsibility. Yeah, but now, you know... They're promising me that, you know, I talked to the recruiter now, that responsibility will come down the road a little bit. We start putting away these. And so what happens is now that we've set these priorities aside, boy, the door opens maybe. Now we have interviews. So now when the recruiter calls, when you turned them down six months ago, now you start listening because you're desperate. Now, when you see a job post that you would never have replied to before because you weren't desperate, now you're desperate, you're only frustrated, you start replying to. Now you begin to interview because now your situation is expanded and uh, some of the things that you absolutely knew were a good career move for you, you were sure these were the right things to do in your career when you weren't desperate, you now compromise. So now you go out. 
You start interviewing. You go to your first interview, and boy, it sure sounds good. Now you've moved from step one, frustration. You've moved further into the circle to desperation. Now you've moved into the third step, rationalization. Now all these things that you would six months ago or even even if you're unemployed that first week in your job, you wouldn't even have considered. Now start sounding good. And you begin in your mind as the interviewing process and hiring process moves, you begin in your mind to rationalize. Yeah, they're not that bad. And I was making a half hour commute before. What's another 30 minutes? I was traveling 25% before. What's 50%? Yeah, I know I had to have these kinds of responsibilities. and But it's a really good company. You know, I knew I, I knew I didn't want to work in an entrepreneurial company again, but you know, this is just a different entrepreneurial company. Or I knew I didn't want to work for a large bureaucratic multinational organization again, but this is different. Uh, you know, I knew I didn't want to work for a micromanaging boss, but this boss tells me they really want to move past that and really want to grow themselves. So it's okay. I knew I would never be work well in a company where it's 50, 60, 70 hours a week, where it's all work and, and I wouldn't have time to uh, participate in my, my kids coaching my baseball game. But, you know, the person I interviewed with said they're really trying to work past that. I knew I wanted to go to work for a company that really promoted from within and my last company never did that, but this company never has either. But they promised me I'm going to be the first. I knew I wanted a title of VP, but it's not there. But they promised me they'd look at it again in six months. We begin to rationalize away all these factors. And now what wasn't even acceptable before now becomes acceptable or beginning to become acceptable as we move into the next phase circle of and so the interviewing process continues and we move to the next phase which we call justification now maybe an offer's on the table and now we got to make a decision can't rationalization is over with we've begun to rationalize these in our mind but now before we can accept the offer we have to justify so we go through this justification process in our mind with our peers with our with our spouses with our family with our confidants with our coaches with other trusted advisors and we now justify that everything's okay this is the right job for me yep this is the job that I've been waiting for. This is my dream, dream job. And if all these things happen and if all these compromises take place and if all these promises come true, I'll be happy. So what do we do? We then move from justification to acceptance and we accept the position. And therefore, when we accept the position, we jump into this job that we know or we knew 
wasn't the right job for us anyway. We knew we didn't want that hour commute. We knew that we couldn't, didn't want to work 70, 80 hours a week anymore. We knew we couldn't work well with a micromanaging type boss. We knew that we didn't adapt to an entrepreneurial environment or this bureaucratic environment because we've been in that before. We knew all the things that we originally set out for that would make it us not successful. We rationalized and justified away, and now they're in this job. And what happens? Six months, eight months later, guess where we're at? Frustrated. Not the right job for it. Now we complain to our spouse every night. Our spouse complains to us, you know, hey, you know, you're not spending time at home anymore. You're traveling 50%. I thought you weren't going to do that in your new job. I thought they promised you that would only be a temporary kind of thing. I know you took a, a, a salary cut or you moved across that, but they promised you an increase or a review. Oh, well, the review only turned out to be a performance review, not a salary review. You know, I thought by six months you, you'd be able to be able to take Saturday mornings off. You discussed that. Yeah, well, you know, it just didn't happen. I thought your boss was going to be give you more authority and more responsibility. That was going to get you excited. Yeah, but you know what? My boss and I aren't getting along. Frustrated. And guess what? Frustration in your new job leads to desperation, leads to rationalization, leads to justification, leads to acceptance, leads to frustration, leads to desperation, leads to rationalization, leads to justification, leads to acceptance, leads to frustration, and on it goes. You are in this vicious circle. So how do you get out of it? There's a few things you have to do to get out of it that I recommend and I work with my coaching clients on. Number one is go to our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Scroll to the bottom of that homepage. You'll see a what's new section. In there, you'll see a bunch of different links. One of the links will say circle of transition. Download that circle of transition and put it up on your mirror. Every morning when you get up and you're looking in front of that mirror getting ready, you pinpoint exactly where you are on that circle of transition. That's critical. Number two, equally as critical, and this is where I, as a coach, get so frustrated with, com- with candidates, is you have to put together a professional, what we call a personal success profile. What are those areas in your next job that must be there? absolutely positively have to be there that you are not going to compromise on. If these are present, I don't care how desperate I am. I won't accept the position. Now, again, I've made the comment, and I'll make it again. If it's financial issues and you're about to lose your home or you're not feeding the kids or whatever, all bets are off. That changes all dynamics. I'm talking about when that's not the situation, okay? Let's make that clear. So you, this personal success profile, we have templates for that. Our book, this is not the position I hired, the one I just told you, you can, you can get for two weeks, look at it, see if it works for you, copy the templates, and if you don't like it, send it back. But basically, for five bucks cost of shipping, we'll send it to you. Has a whole section on this. Send it back. But get this personal success profile put together. What is it you absolutely must have in a new job? Where are you willing to compromise 
what situations, and what are the absolute positive things that they're present you will not accept. Those are the three things you have to do to keep yourself out of the circle of transition. If you do not do those three things, there is at least an 80% chance you're going to stay in the circle of transition. If you don't identify where you're at every day, if you don't put together a circle of, I'm sorry, a professional success profile that identifies what you absolutely positively must have in a new job, what issues you're willing to compromise on, and what issues you absolutely positively will not accept if those are in the position, I can absolutely positively guarantee you're going to end up in the circle of transition. And then as you're going through the hiring process or this interviewing process, if you don't constantly check back to determine if those are present or not present, you will end up in the circle of transition or you will never get out of it. If you do not take the time to validate and vet against those issues in your personal success profile, you will never get out of that circle of transition. So there you have it. If you want to change turnover, first understand where that circle of transition is. Again, download it from our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Scroll to the bottom, and you'll see it there. Understand if you're in frustration, desperation, rationalization, justification, or acceptance mode. Take a look at our templates for that personal success profile. Complete that profile. And then validate that profile, what you must have, what you'll compromise on, and what you positively will not accept against every fact check that, against every job interview, every recruiter, every situation, and ensure where you're at so you don't take a job and you will find yourself outside the circle of transition. You will break the turnover. That's what it's taken for so many people that I have coached. I wish you the best of success in your career, and I hope you never end up in tr with turnover on your resume again. And the best way to do it is making sure you know where you are in your career and the circle of transition. I look forward to talking to you next week. Remember to download that circle of transition from our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, and reduce and get that turnover off your record. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch, only on LA Talk Radio. 